Good morning. I'm Matt Hoffman. In for Debbie Cruz, it's Tuesday, November 14th. The county has the first program in the nation to offer free lawyers to people in immigration court. More on that coming up next. But first, let's get to the headlines. The weather is expected to be dry and warm today in all parts of the county, maybe a little bit cloudy, but that won't last long. Two atmospheric rivers, aka rain, are headed for the coast of California and Mexico. That basically means San Diego is expected to get its first big rainstorm of the season this week. Atmospheric rivers bring dense tropical moisture from the Pacific Ocean to our coastline, and that falls as rain and snow. Alex Tardy with the National Weather Service says San Diego County can expect one to one and a half inches of rain this week. That's mostly tomorrow and then again on Friday. If you haven't filed your taxes, there's still some time. You have now until Thursday to file your tax returns, and that's also pay any remaining federal income taxes owed for last year. The IRS extended the deadline for those living in counties impacted by this year's storms, and that includes people in San Diego County. After a loss at Colorado State, where SDSU's football team's late comeback fell short, head coach Brady Hoke announced yesterday that he is retiring. The news did come as a surprise, even with a disappointing season. Some students on campus say they think it's time for a culture change, like no alliance. He says the football program has gotten predictable and other teams are capitalizing on that. I don't think it's anything personal. I think it's just needing the team to succeed and try something new. Hoke will finish this season with the last two games. There's one this week at San Jose State and next week at home against Fresno State. SDSU is expected to start the search for a new head coach immediately, and that's in hopes of hiring one by next month when the recruiting period starts. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. You've been thinking about helping KPBS with a donation. Why not donate that extra car you no longer need? Pickup is free, and you're supporting KPBS Public Media. Here's how. Visit kpbs.careasy.org. San Diego County is the first in the country to offer free lawyers for people in immigration court. Border reporter Gustavo Solis says the program is making a big difference. Imagine standing in front of a judge and having to represent yourself in court in a language you don't speak, and under a legal system you know very little about. What's at stake? Your right to continue living in this country. That's exactly what immigration court is like for thousands of people facing deportation. Shows like Law & Order give us the basics of our criminal justice system. Defendants get a free lawyer, and everyone is presumed innocent, unless they're convicted. But those rights do not exist in immigration court. Life or death proceedings of tremendous gravity done in this crazy sort of, uh, sometimes you call it like a fast food setting where like you don't get a lawyer, you don't get right to access evidence. Bardis Vakili is a civil rights and immigration lawyer. You have to go up against an immigration lawyer from ICE. And so it's just the chips are stacked against folks. Vakili says deportation cases are very difficult, especially if a client is locked up in a detention center. From within the prison, the ICE jail, their immigration jail, there is no access to the internet, so you can't gather uh, information about your case. You don't get appointed a lawyer. You can't work and make money, uh, so you can't really like hire a lawyer. But there's a county program that's trying to make immigration courts fairer. 
San Diego County's Immigrant Rights Legal Defense Program uses taxpayer dollars to give immigrants access to free legal representation. The program started last April and is going to cost about $4 million a year. Data shows that it's already having an impact. The number of people with legal representation has more than doubled since the start of the program, and immigrants who have lawyers are five times less likely to be given deportation orders compared to people who had to represent themselves. For immigration lawyers like Lauren Cusatello, that stat is kind of obvious. Let's start with language. Um, any evidence that you present to an immigration court has to be presented in English. And uh, any application or form that the court generates is written in English. It has to be completed in English. Imagine doing all of that without an attorney. And that's not even mentioning the legal argument you'd have to make. The burden is on that applicant to prove that they're eligible. So unlike a criminal court where we all know the government has the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, in immigration court, it's almost always the other way around. In October, County Supervisor Joel Anderson tried to place limits on who could be eligible for legal representation, saying people with criminal convictions shouldn't be part of the program. We've got to be thoughtful in our approach, and we have to draw definite lines. All I'm asking today is that we had guidelines. But dozens of advocates opposed his plan, arguing in a county meeting that it would violate the spirit of universal representation. Many of these individuals have lived in San Diego for most of their lives. They have jobs in the community, families, friends, and people who support them. Anderson's proposal failed. Paulina Reyes is a lawyer with the Immigrant Defenders Law Center. She says there's a misconception that people facing deportation aren't members of our community. For us San Diegans, like this is my neighbor, this is, you know, my uh, fellow church member that is going through this process and it affects everyone. Reyes says deportations tear families apart and that impacts the entire community. I mean, we've seen it too on so many cases where one of the parent might be deported to other parts of the world completely, and then that leaves you know, the single parent alone with the children. And Vakili argues that giving free legal representation can directly benefit American citizens. The other thing people I think don't understand is sometimes whether the person's even as an American is in question, right? So there's cases where sometimes they detain people that they think are not U.S. citizens, and it turns out the person's U.S. citizen. So far, lawyers in the program have been assigned 868 cases. Most of them are still going through the court process. Of the completed cases, only about 10% of them ended in deportations, which is much lower than the national average. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. Many of California's local governments are at least thinking about staffing up for climate change-related challenges. Environment reporter Eric Anderson finds local staffing could be a key. California's municipalities are expected to play a critical role in the state's decarbonization effort, but local governments are at various stages of readiness. That's in a report from the nonpartisan think tank Next10. Founder Noel Perry says... Local municipalities will play an important role as federal funds flow to the state. Really, so much of climate action happens at the local level. And we understood that uh, there was going to be significant funds coming into California from the Inflation Reduction Act and the infrastructure law that President Biden instituted. Researchers found only about half of the respondents to a statewide survey have 
or are working on climate action plans, Poway is the only San Diego municipality without one. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, how a new AI tool can find and stop the spread of wildfires. It can give us information and and time is fire. So as soon as we can get that information, the better our response can be. We'll have that and more coming up just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Alert California is now using AI to identify potential wildfires, and it's been receiving some national recognition. Its tool was recently voted one of the top inventions of 2023 by Time magazine. So how does it work? It monitors and analyzes data from over 1,000 video cameras, and they're placed across the state, even here in San Diego. The AI technology was released this September, and it's a collaboration between UC San Diego and CAL FIRE. The director of Alert California, Neil Driscoll, and Suzanne Leininger, who's an intelligence specialist with the San Diego unit of CAL FIRE, joined my colleague Jade Heinemann to talk about the tool. So, Neil, congratulations on having Alert California make the list of Time Magazine's top inventions. Can you help us understand the technology and why it is so groundbreaking? What we had is we had over 70 million images of smoke. So machine learning is only as good as the data quality and data amount that you feed it. So we're constantly training it so it would be able to better discern smoke columns from the marine layer or a dust devil or a farmer kicking up dust as he's plowing over his fields. So here, the the breakthrough came that we're using our own cameras. We're able to spin them every two minutes we're able to take six frames and and the AI can say, something has changed in this frame. You should look at it. So what it does is it alerts people in, in the ECC that something has changed and this is a camera you should look at. So it, it removes noise, it allows focus, it uh, reduces watch standard fatigue. But the main thing was, we always talk about this public-private partnership. Our industrial uh, industry partner is Digital Path on this, and it was a great interaction of the two of us to get to where we are now, where we could start testing it and get independent feedback from Cal Fire. So I think the real strength of this platform is that we trained it on excellent quality data, 70 million images. The cameras were moved over 7,000 times during this interval. And then we have the vetting by CAL FIRE, the subject matter experts that can feed back to the AI and say, no, that isn't fire, or yes, that is fire. So it's really, this partnership is really exciting. And I think that others are recognizing the power of this approach and employing it also. 
And break that down for me. You've mentioned machine learning and, and training. Um, so tell me, how is artificial intelligence used in Alert California? And how does machine learning play into that? So the machine learning is what you teach the, the instrument to learn from. And then the artificial intelligence is applying it to new data, looking at it, looking at all of the records it has, all of the information that's been fed to it. And it says, I believe that this is a fire cloud and it's a threat, an ignition. We're looking at smoke. And then the beauty of this system is that we can spin the cameras. We can look at that. We can focus in and our subject matter experts can say to the AI and it's binary. They can say, yes, that is smoke or no, it's not. And then What's really important is the camera system with the AI, with the anomalies, it takes everything together and it allows for the dispatcher to scale the response up or down based on what they see. So I think more important than beating 911 calls, and we have a number of records that we have. Sometimes we've actually suppressed the fire and they're back in the firehouse with no 911 calls. But it's not that that I think is the crucial step forward. It's the situational awareness, um, actionable real-time data. So they're able to confirm that, yes, this is smoke and ignition. But what does it look like? How fast is it spreading? What is the color of the smoke? Is it bent over? So all of a sudden, all of that information that might have taken 20 minutes to an hour to get a battalion out there and eyes on the fire now can be done within seconds. Wow. And Suzanne, uh, you know, one of the groups involved with Alert California is Cal Fire. Can you talk about how this new technology is helping? We can now see from the ACC what is going on, on in the field. And uh, for example, the Highland Fire, when that started, we could actually see that that was really low to the ground and that the wind was on it and it, it had a lot of wind and it was blowing it to the west it can give us information and, and time is fire. So as soon as we can get that information, the better our response can be. Can you talk about the impact this technology has had in the field more? I mean, has the time to find potential fires gone down as a result? 100%. And what's what's nice about this is before, if the smoke was small, and we usually we would always wait for the 911 call because we wouldn't get this kind of alert beforehand. And if, if the smoke was small for the at that time, it can take a while to actually find that smoke and find the right camera to actually to locate that location. So the CAL FIRE goal and mission is to keep all wildland fires below 10 acres. So this is definitely in support of that. And it really can get us out there much faster. That was Suzanne Leininger with the San Diego unit of CAL FIRE and Neil Driscoll, the director of Alert California. They were speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. Comic-Con Museum recently opened up a trio of new exhibits. One of them looks to the godfather of coloring, Steve Olaf, and his 45-year career coloring comics. Arts reporter Beth Accomando explains how this exhibit traces the evolution of comic book color. From Big Dots to the Digital Universe is an exhibit celebrating the pioneering comic book colorist Steve Olaf. In simple terms, a colorist adds color to black and white line art. 
But Olive says readers might not always appreciate the impact of a colorist's work. I call color the silent soundtrack because you can tell the story underneath and people don't even think about it. It's just like they're looking at the art, they're reading the story, but the color actually enhances the storytelling. Since the mid-1970s, Olaf has enhanced tens of thousands of pages of comics, from The Incredible Hulk to Akira. He's also seen the tools of his trade change as comics went from a four-color newspaper press to digital printing. My show is what I'm, I'm hoping is an educational show. It's the evolution of comic book coloring. Olaf's career provides the perfect canvas for appreciating the art of the colorist and how the process of creating comics has changed over the decades. The exhibit will run through next August at the Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park. Beth Agamondo, KPBS News. That's a wrap for the podcast today. As always, you can find more news and all sorts of San Diego stories on our website, kpbs.org. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the day's top stories. I'm Matt Hoffman. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.